If you want to know what Tennessee football's 2024 schedule will be, well, you're going to have to tune in to the SEC Network on June 14th. At the SEC Spring Meetings last week in Miramar Beach, Florida, the conference uh, leadership approved to stay at eight conference games for the 2024 season. What that means for the number of games beyond that, still don't know what that means for Tennessee's rivalries in 2024. We've got some hints, but we don't know for sure. Welcome in to the Volunteers State. I'm Blake Topmeyer alongside John Adams. Adam Sparks is on vacation this week. Mike Wilson is knee-deep covering Tennessee baseball's run through the NCAA tournament. You can find his coverage over at knoxnews.com. And John and I are talking football scheduling. So, John, over at our other podcast, which we encourage folks to check out, it's called SEC Football Unfiltered. We talked about the the conference's approval of this eight-game schedule for 2024. We think it's weak. We think um, it may backfire a little bit on the league after the the league goes to to uh, or excuse me the playoff goes to 12 teams in 2024. But all of that aside, from a Tennessee perspective, I think maybe the most interesting thing is who will be on the schedule in 2024. Because even though it's staying at eight games, divisions are going away. This season, 2023, will be the final year for divisions in this conference. In 2024, Oklahoma and Texas will be in. It'll be one big, happy 16-team family, and you're going to play eight of those teams on the conference schedule. We'll find out who uh, on June 14th, as I said. But as you start to kind of look at things, who do you think is sort of a must-have on on Tennessee's schedule in, in 2024, and, and how do you think the conference will assign it? Well, uh, you lead off, of course, with Vanderbilt your in-state rivalry, the, the pageantry and tradition associated with that game. Oh, yes. I don't really have to every, – everybody knows it. Every college football fan says, oh, it's Vanderbilt in Tennessee. I can't wait to see that Commodore band take the field. Does Vanderbilt have a band? I forget. It, uh, I don't know. Okay, okay. They probably well, do. they got a women's yeah. bowling team. Surely they yeah, got a band. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sure they do. So, yeah, you start with Vanderbilt. Uh, you want to play Kentucky. It's a border war. And you beat them all the time. So you've got two wins are pretty much assured going in with those teams. Then you want to play Alabama. And there are times when I've said, no, I, I'm – I'm a traditionalist to a point, but from a standpoint of wins and losses, Tennessee has been a terrible disadvantage in the divisional play, having to play Alabama every year's outside opponent, um, outside the division. You're playing now, so if you got Alabama and Georgia, my goodness, you you might be playing the top two teams in the country half the time. Uh, but you want definitely want to keep the Alabama rivalry because fans love it so much, and also because Tennessee, from a Tennessee perspective, it won the game last year. And I tell you what, I look at I know Tennessee's got to go to Tuscaloosa, and I know um, Alabama will have an impressive depth chart, but I'm not sure about Alabama's quarterback. And in today's game, that's a big deal. So those three teams definitely. And I want to see Tennessee play Georgia. 
I mean, they're right by each other. They recruit against each other. And I don't think Josh Heupel would want to play them. I don't think he'd want to play Alabama and Georgia. Get that over with. Uh, but just from what I would like, yeah, I would like to see Tennessee play Georgia. And then I'd like to see Tennessee play Oklahoma. Okay. Just so I can see that sooner schooner. I know you love that. Yeah. I know you do. But Alabama and Georgia would kind of offset Vanderbilt and Kentucky. So I could see that happening. Uh, You get those collection of four, and then you kind of fill it in around the edges. Florida's one that, you know, was for some folks is a big rivalry game, depending on your age and, and how into Tennessee football you were in, say, the 90s during the Steve Spurrier versus Philip Fulmer days. Uh, but at some point, that rivalry, I feel pretty confident in saying that is not going to be played annually anyway. I, I think that rivalry is going to be interrupted at some point with the conference going to 16 teams and ditching divisions. Really, that was a rivalry created by divisions to some degree. And I think it's going to be a rivalry that, uh, you know, is interrupted by the loss of, of divisions. But I could see that maybe remaining on the schedule for 2024, at least. But I, I think those other four one that you mentioned are are pretty realistic choices. Vanderbilt, we know, is going to be on there. I, I would be stunned if Alabama is not on there. Um, you know, we heard Greg Sankey say, on Thursday after after an eight-game schedule was approved for 2024 that um, competitive balance will be factored in, but also rivalries will be factored in when when assigning opponents. And we, and we sort of got a preview of this, John. It felt like in 2020, when the SEC in, in the pandemic season kind of went into reevaluation mode, and decided that they weren't going to play any non-conference games. They could they could control the situation better if they were playing a conference-only schedule. Really kind of became a leader in the pandemic season to make sure football was played that fall. But then they devised a 10-game conference schedule from scratch. You know, there was already supposed to be a, a conference schedule in 2020. It had been designed years in advance. But they threw all that out the window, and they started from scratch on teams. Um, but lo and behold... Tennessee's schedule included that year Vanderbilt and Alabama and Kentucky and Georgia and Florida. So a lot of the teams that you would expect on a Tennessee schedule anyway, they played during that pandemic season. And I think it could have a little bit of a familiar look uh, in 2024 to that pandemic schedule with the caveat that there's two extra teams in the conference now and they'll only be playing eight conference games versus 10 conference games in that 2020 season. But I, I think you hit on on some. How, how, I don't know if devastating is the right word, how frustrating, how disappointing do you think it would be for Tennessee fans now that they finally are running in the right direction to see Alabama drop off the schedule? Do you think Tennessee fans would, would be okay with that, get a little easier schedule? Or do you think now that, now that the Vols have, have it going on a little bit, they want to keep playing Alabama every year. Uh, I wrote a column a few years ago saying Tennessee would better be better off not having Alabama as a uh, yearly opponent as a non-divisional permanent arrival. Um, And because it put it at a disadvantage, I was looking at it strictly from a wins and losses standpoint. And the reaction was overly overwhelmingly opposed to what I suggested. It was all about, 
yeah, this rivalry goes in cycles. We'll be on top one day. Uh, we want to play Alabama. It, it just means so much to fans. So, and people I've talked to since this idea of not having Alabama to seven and one, if that became the permanent uh, format for scheduling, a lot of people are terribly opposed to that. They want to see Tennessee play Alabama. And yeah, there's a chance you might lose, and, and Tennessee's lost a lot to Alabama, but it didn't. It didn't lose last year, and now it has a really good coach. And uh, I just think that's a, that's a game that Tennessee fans don't want to give up. And you have more, a little more margin for error in a twelve game, a twelve team playoff, which will be in place in 2024, right? Like, I mean, it used to be you had to play Alabama every year. And in the BCS era, you were trying to be one of the final two. And then even in the four-team playoff era, you were trying to be one of four. And, oh, by the way, you also have to play Alabama every year. That that made it awfully difficult, uh, not to mention the fact that uh, Tennessee was wading through the desert of coaches uh, like Derek Dooley and Butch Jones and Jeremy Pruitt. That also made it difficult <laughs> to make those, those meaningful postseason games. But now, as the playoff goes to 12 teams in 24... I think it is a little less damaging to have to play Alabama every year. You know, there's there's going to be uh, six at-large spots open. Uh, to You don't have to win the conference to get one of those six at-large spots. So, yes, you want to win as many games as possible, but you'd also like to have a pretty good strength of schedule playing Alabama every year. That's going to be a, a good line on the, the strength of schedule for your, for your resume. So... Um, I do think it's probably more appealing than than it's been in the last 15 years or so for Tennessee to keep Alabama on the schedule. It's twofold. One, they got a competent coach. Their program is moving in the right direction. Danny White seems to be doing some off-the-field things that, that could continue to help Tennessee going forward. Um, but then also the playoff has changed to where um, you know a loss to Alabama is, is not necessarily an eliminator. From, from you in the playoff picture. Yeah, I, I haven't been able to shake that uh, vision you had of these various coaches leading, leading Tennessee through the desert. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I just imagine uh, Jeremy Pruitt with the baseball cap and the COVID mask and the, and the white smock that was really a shirt, but it looked like a smock with a walking stick uh, leading the Vols through a... Uh, through a desert. Yeah. Just having trouble shaking that. But now I, I think, uh, once you get a 12 team playoff, if Alabama is as good as it's been under Nick Saban and Georgia is as, as good as it's been the last two years, losing to those teams doesn't hurt you a lot. It just doesn't. Particularly if you play those teams, a competitive game, I mean, that's probably gives you more clout with the selection committee than if you beat South Carolina by 17 points. Uh, if you lose a nail biter to one of those teams. So, uh, yeah, this is a, this will be a new world. And I think it's great for the sec and, and Tennessee in particular, Tennessee is ascending at just the right time. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it contended for a playoff berth in the first year of the, 12 team playoff. I think the key will be getting to 12 and two as we, or excuse me, 10 and two, as we talked about on our other podcast, 
John. I, I think with the SEC staying at only eight conference games for 2024, uh, and most teams, including t- Tennessee, will play just nine Power Five opponents that year. Tennessee has is scheduled to play NC State in its uh, Power Five non-conference game. But there's other conferences, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12. They're playing 10 Power Five opponents in nine conference games. So I think that could be used against you know, a, a, an SEC team sure. in, in that final playoff conversation. So, But if, if Tennessee could get to, say, a 10-2 and two in 2024, maybe you lose to Alabama, you lose to Georgia, you're 10-2, and two, and there's 12 teams that get selected to the playoff, then yes, I, I think they could be in the mix. I think playing only eight conference games would hurt them, you know, if they were nine and three trying to garner playoff consideration. Uh, uh, one thing also I think in Tennessee's favor is the nature of Josh Heupel's offense. If you pit it against mediocre defenses, it can it can score 50 really easy. The score really mounts with this team. And that could you when you get into a 12 team playoff and you're you're what trying to get one of those at large bids, even if they say we don't put any stock in margin of victory, you have to. Uh, it it just creates an image. Yeah, Tennessee lost, let's say it lost Alabama and Georgia. Gosh, it beat Florida by 17 points. It beat Missouri by 35. I just think his offense has the capability to score a lot of points against a lot of teams. And I think that can can sway a little bit when it comes down and you're looking, you're trying to find an edge for somebody. I think that could help Tennessee. Yeah, I agree. You're not just beating Kentucky. You're beating them by 30 points or however much they beat them by last year. You're not just beating Vanderbilt. Um, you know, you're, you're beating them by 100 points. Uh, it wasn't quite that much last year. I think it was just 56, like it. Yeah, yeah, 56 points. I think they beat them by. You're, you're right. It's, it's not, you know, some of those weaker SEC te- It's not just, um, you know, the garbage opponents outside the, the, you know, the ball states of the world, the Akrons of the world uh, that you're beating a thousand and nothing. Some of those other weaker SEC opponents. I mean, they they beat Missouri last year uh, by over forty points. They, you're right. His offense is really it's positioned to just destroy some of these inferior opponents, and I, I do think that can can stand out a little bit on a resume. But you know, in in journalism, John, you always kind of map out the way you you see an interview or conversation going, but. You always want to be willing to pivot when someone says something interesting. So I want to get back to this idea of wandering through the desert. If you were <laughs> if you were dropping all four of these these previous coaches out of say an airplane or something, and you packed them, you gave them a backpack and gave them a flashlight, you know, battery powered flashlight, a couple of gallons of water and a hatchet, and you're dropping Lane Kiffin, Derek Dooley, Butch Jones, and Jeremy Pruitt into a desert. And just a wasteland. Who's last and longest out there, and who is is just crumbling and tapping out first? They're going to suck down their two gallons of water right quick, and they're they're calling for relief. <laughs> this could be a great reality show. Danny White's always for making a buck. He needs to get these four guys together and do stage some reality TV. I don't think that would be close. I think Derek Dooley would uh, survive the desert better than any of them. Really? Uh, okay. Oh yeah, no question. Yeah, what, because I thought process there. Uh, yeah, I just think Derek's smarter, and he knows more things about 
different things, knows more about many different things than these guys do. He's a little more well-rounded in such a guy. I mean, he's an attorney. Uh, he'd probably find a way to get a helicopter out there to airlift him to, to an oasis somewhere. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt, I don't know. I just see him in that COVID mask and protecting that ball head with his baseball cap. And I just kind of see him getting overheated and just <laughs> wandering and just wandering off somewhere. You know, would he, never be seen again. <laughs> I think he would be very susceptible to hallucinations. And he thinks, man, there's a gosh, it looks like a big lake over there. That's that's where I'm headed. Uh Butch Jones, probably the same thing. I think he would probably stroke out about 10 minutes in. Remember how red Butch used to get? Red face? Almost go it, it almost went to the purple, purple alert sometimes. He his his fight. I just don't think he would fare well in the heat. And uh, he might be a little too concerned about what his appearance was. And you could say the same thing about Derek, but I think Derek would take it as more of a mental challenge to prove himself how smart he was. And he was always talking about Darwinism, the strongest survive. This would be right up. Lane Kiffin, how would he fare in the desert? (laughs) I don't I don't know. There's got he's got to be thinking. Well, I'm going to give it a shot for about 200 yards, and if I see a saloon, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, I I think I would take Lane to tap out first. He he would just seem to not be interested in this this at all. Uh, I think he'd think it was stupid. He wants to be out on his yacht, his boat out there in the in the water somewhere. So I think within about three minutes, he'd be hitting the buzzer and saying, come pick me up. Now, Butch, he'd give himself a pep talk. You know, this is going to be just like a fist fight in a phone booth, yeah, 63 clear, 63 snap, yeah, um, snap, snap and clear, whatever all that stuff was. So he'd really psych himself up for a while, uh, I think. But I, I like your idea of him overheating. So I could see him tapping out second. And then it's a then it's a battle royale between Dooley and Pruitt in my mind. Now, I know Dooley, the... I don't know Dooley. I know these other three cats. Uh-huh. I covered Jeremy and Butch and, and Lane spoken with um, a number of times since he's been coaching Ole Miss. I don't know Derek Dooley, so I'm going to trust your assessment there. I think Pruitt would would hold out longer than you might think, but at some point, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that I think could live off the beaten path a little bit, but at some point I just see him getting bit by a rattlesnake or something. He's going to be, he's going to be wrestling for his dinner, getting a, uh, getting a wrestling match with a rattlesnake and and wind up on the wrong side of that. So I, I like your pick of Dooley to prevail. I'll take Dooley over Pruitt in the end. I I just think Pruitt would would eat the wrong kind of mushroom. He would think, mushrooms yeah, in the desert. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We're in a desert. Okay. <laughs> okay. The okay. Wrong the kind wrong cacti. Wrong kind of cacti. He said, "Yeah, he probably think. Yeah, this uh, this uh." lizard might be edible and just and just roll the di- roll the dice on it <laughs> maybe i can get his back on topic now okay that's it <clears throat> that's a danger of going off into the mm-hmm. into, into the, weeds, the desert but, uh-huh <clears throat> nonetheless we've we've clarified derek would derek dooley would last longest in the and desert. his hair would still be in the place when he when he came through 
back to the rivalry front, John, and the and the scheduling front. What would be what would be your pecking order? You know, tradition, history, fan preference aside, you get to draw up an eight-game schedule of conference opponents for Tennessee in uh, in twenty twenty four. Let's let's start from scratch. You can do it however you like. Um, I want to see what eight, what eight you come up with here. Now, do you want me to come up with the easiest eight-game schedule for Tennessee or just nah, who not, I would... not, not the easiest, but just something uh, you would like to see. However you, you know, I don't, I, you're someone who likes compelling football games, right? Yeah. Whether that's two bad teams playing close games or two great teams. So I don't think you want to just see 100 blowouts in a year. No, so, not at all. Yeah, something well, you want to see. Well, Vanderbilt, because I think there is a possibility you could see a team score 100 points, which doesn't happen that often okay uh, so Vanderbilt Kentucky it's just a uh again it's a border rivalry I think it means probably means more to Kentucky because Tennessee usually wins but uh I, I'm accustomed I'm comfortable with that game I'm comfortable mm-hmm. with that game then of course Alabama and of course Georgia yeah you yeah. got half the schedule and that's where we kind of started this podcast with you those yeah. four obviously stand out to you okay uh, and and then with the newbies, I'm going with Oklahoma. I just love watching that schooner come out of there. And I think now is the time you want to play Oklahoma. Good point. It just had for Oklahoma, by Oklahoma standards, a disastrous season in Brent Venables. Under Brent Venables, his first year as a head coach, former defensive coordinator at Clemson. If he has another year like that, he's gone. So you probably want him to stick around uh, for that 24 season and and get Oklahoma in there because it's a name program and you can say, hey, we beat Oklahoma. That's a lot better than saying, hey, we beat Virginia. So I just think that I would like to see Oklahoma in there. Then I probably probably would like to see Texas. Ooh, both both newbies on the schedule. Okay. Well, I mean, but Texas is not this powerhouse program right now. I know Urban Meyer recently said it's got the best roster in college football, which tells me Urban's ready for him to fire Steve Sarkeesian, give him a call, and let's get this thing going back in championship mode. Do you uh, want to risk a loss to Arch Manning, though? What about wouldn't it be some egg on the face of Tennessee if they lost to Arch, or or do you think that doesn't that that would be no big deal. It's just another Manning, great family, great line yeah. of players. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, yeah. Peyton, you, Peyton still loves you. I Peyton mean, still loves you. So it's okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, All right, and, so, and again, I, and I, I just, I don't think Texas is, I mean, you know, it's not a superpower right now. Um, I would probably want it. Now you got to balance it out somewhat. Okay. Uh-huh. So that's why I'm going to play. I'm going to say uh, Missouri. You like those Tigers? I know you do. You've yeah, tried to I kick do. them out of the SEC about 27 times, but you, I think their persistence. They they haven't allowed themselves to be kicked out despite your um, never-ending attempts. I, you you seem to be won over a little bit in the end. Now they they've they've stuck it out. They've taken all your vitriol, and now you've warmed up to them a little bit. A good friend of mine, he's retired now. He was in the business a long time. Great golf writer, Jeff Rude, lives down in Florida. He's a Missouri graduate. And I hadn't been in touch with Jeff in 
got a text about he was coming to the Tennessee game last year. And my my first response was, why? Um, and he said, well, he, he told me he goes to Missouri game every year and uh, a couple of games usually, tries he and some buddies, wanted to come in. And what was that? How many points did Tennessee score in that game? 66. It was in the 668 or something? 66, was, I believe it 66, was. 66, well, 24. Once, yeah, once you get past 60, who's counting? So I, I kind of just thought that was odd. Uh, but, yeah, so I think to balance it out, I would want to play Missouri. And I've got one more team I can pick. You do. Okay. And and this is my, you know, I'm not letting go of that East-West real, real well. I would probably like to play Florida. Okay. Uh, now, so a lot of national championships won in that that group, I guess. But you got you got Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Missouri to balance the scales. Florida, you might be catching them at a good time, depending on whether they ever rev up here under Billy Napier. As you said, maybe you could catch Oklahoma at a good time. So there's a lot of big name brands on that list, but I, I could see some balance there. I, I think what, that could work. Would you rather play Ole Miss or Florida? Because of the oh, Kiffin boy. factor. Yeah, with that, that's so. T- I mean, are we sure Kiffin's still going to be there in 2024? He might be in Florida come 2024. That's that's who I'd say I want, just from a compelling narrative uh-huh. standpoint. You're yeah. playing Florida, but Lane Kiffin's the coach. How about okay. that? that? Yeah, that's fair. Uh huh. Yeah, I'd keep Florida on there. Uh, I don't care about Missouri. I'd, I'd probably swap in South Carolina. Shane Beamer really has a way of getting under Vols fans' skin. Yeah, he, they do not yeah. like him. He might be the most disliked coach in the in the conference, at least the way Tennessee well, fans see it. He, he really just rubs Vols fans the wrong way. Well, I, I he beat, get, he yeah, beat, he beat him 63-38 to 38 when Maybe they were going for the playoff. Yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> And I think he kind of reminds some Tennessee fans maybe of Butch Jones, although I'm not sure he's quite the empty soup that Butch was. I don't think Butch would have would have beat Tennessee last year. Um, would have found a way to lose that fist fight in a phone booth. So I'm I'm swapping in South Carolina for Missouri. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm going to stay with Florida, but with the caveat that Kiffin is the coach. Um, I think too much of a good thing. I don't know. If, I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if I want Oklahoma and Texas all in the same year. Spread those, spread those arrivals out a little bit. Uh, you probably want Arkansas. No, that's a long, okay. that's a long trip from from Knoxville. If, if that's a ro- if they got to travel here, and Vols fans don't have to venture too far out, just just head on down the street to Neyland, That's fine. But if you got to try to get to Fayetteville, you know, I've made that trip both via car and plane. I know you have too. It's not easy to, it's not easy to get out there. Really? I know, and and I've gone through the state of Arkansas in the dark of night, late uh-huh. night, and driven through there in the rain, and a real shortage of uh, road signs, and of course the cell phone checked out, and uh, kind of scary stuff. Really, didn't know where I was going. It's kind of like Jeremy Pruitt in the desert. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to drop Texas off. I've covered a game okay. in Texas. I, color, I covered Al- Alabama and Texas last year. I've not covered a game involving Oklahoma. So I'm going to leave Oklahoma on. I'm going to cut Texas out, and I'm going to swap LSU in place of Texas. So that's a pretty stout schedule. I, I got uh, oh my Alabama. Gosh. 
Georgia, LSU on the schedule. But you know what? Tennessee goes nine and three. Maybe they do have a case for for playoff credentials there, even only playing eight conference games. Wow. How about that? LSU. Or you beat one of those teams. Beat one of those teams. You're ten and two. You're slam dunk for the playoff. You might be hosting a first round game as say an eight seed. First round playoff game. You go ten and two. You beat LSU. You're hosting a first round playoff game as an eight seed at Neyland Stadium. How about that? Uh, the order of games, um, I think, would be significant. If you're if you're going to put together your schedule, then we need to organize those games very carefully as to how and when, when you play these teams and in what venue. Sometimes I save an important question for the close, John. Oh, so really? Let's go, yeah, not really. Oh, uh, I, 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 that was news to me. I, yeah. I was taken aback. Okay. Close with this. They drop me, you, Mike Wilson, and Adam Sparks out in that desert. Same rules apply. You got two gallons of water, a hatchet, backpack, flashlight, battery-powered flashlight. Who's lasting longest in that scenario and who's tapping out first? I think Mike Wilson would be done before his feet ever hit the ground. He would be complaining about the, uh, why is he having to do this? Yeah, in the heat. Oh, he he doesn't like that sweltering conditions. Mike, Mike would, he'd be pressing the buzzer before his parachute ever even deployed coming out of that plane. You know, I, I'd probably go with Adam Sparks. I think so, too. Yeah. I think I could outlast you. I know I could outlast Mike. Uh, I don't know if I could outlast Sparks in, in this desert competition. I would try, I would be negotiating with Mike for some of his gear because this, I would say, Mike, you're not going to last at this, so why not at least give me a shot? Could give I have those your two extra gallons of water? Yeah. Yeah. Could I have your canteens? Well, that's a that's a good point. Maybe you could with that extra water, you might be able to outdo me. But I know Mike's tapping out first. You agree? He 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 ain't lasting out in that desert. No, he would he would just say this is ridiculous. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not going through this desert. This is absurd. Why should I do this? Uh, if necessary, I'll just sit here and die. But I'm not going. I'm not going to play this game. He'd be adamant about it. All right. Well, we got some great ideas. We'll see what great ideas the SEC comes up with when it reveals. Uh, the conference schedule for 2024. <laughs> that that big reveal will be on June 14th. Uh, continue to, to follow the, the Tennessee Vols baseball run over at KnoxNews.com. Mike Wilson is not in the desert. He's out covering baseball, and uh, and we'll be uh, we'll be sticking around to cover uh, the rest of this conference schedule reveal in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Volunteer State. Give me that canteen, Mike.